Welcome to the chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode 112 of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Shane Half, and you can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by the best co-host in the game. You've heard him on the Tough Cover Radio Show. It is Mark Henry Jr. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Mark, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Uh, just podcasted for like two and a half hours about basketball. So I'm switching the gears over uh, to, to football. Yeah, I uh, this is this all season's a slog, man. It, it is taking forever to get back to football. I know I've said that like three different times, but man, I, I cannot wait until we have uh, some games to recap. Yeah, same. We're we're in what is it like 83 days away right now from from official football season, and I cannot wait. Uh, mostly just so I can start talking about actual games and doing like the all 22 breakdowns and charting games. That's so much, that's the funnest thing for me to do, but I do enjoy this aspect a little bit, getting to be a little more creative with our topics, but yeah, after a while, I'm just ready to get back to football for sure. Yeah. And the draft too. I mean, college football is going on as well. So I have that in the back of my mind the whole time. So yeah, cannot wait for the fall, but you know, Still get still having fun doing these. The head coach rankings was a lot of fun. Was that that was that was last show, right? The head coach rankings. Yeah, yeah. Last week was the head coach rankings and uh posted out a bunch of clips. If you guys are not following the Chalk Talk Twitter account, uh, I quote tweeted a bunch of them. I know Mark did as well, but you can go check that out at chalk talk underscore NFL and we'll have uh, moving forward, I'm going to try to have clips going out throughout the week from these shows uh, for you guys, some of the high points. So uh, hopefully we can generate some more interest. Big news uh, today was we hit our 1,000th download of Chalk Talk so when, since I switched to the new hosting that got it out on like Spotify and everywhere like that. So for everybody that listens on any audio platform, uh, we appreciate you guys. If you're watching live on YouTube, be sure and drop us comments. If you watch later on YouTube, anywhere you're watching, uh, ratings, reviews is really appreciated to help us get the show out there to more people, uh, including go retweet some of those clips. If you're liking the show, uh, it'll help us get it out there more on Twitter, which is kind of our big focus all around. So anyways, uh, enough of that. I'm sure we're going to have some tangents along the way, but let's get into today's topic. We are talking about teams with the potential to go worst to first. Who is most likely to go worst to first in 2023? Uh, these are division losers, last place in their division last year, making the leap to division winners for 2023. Now, you might think that this is uncommon, but it's really not. In 18 of the last 20 NFL seasons, at least one team has gone from worst to first. Uh, the Jags did it last season, fired Urban Meyer, uh, hired Doug Peterson. They went from three wins to nine wins and made it into the postseason where they won. One of the craziest playoff games I've ever seen, overcoming a 27-point deficit to the Chargers. And so we're going to be going through these eight teams. Uh, it is, well, I list them. I'm not going to list them because any listing would be already giving away my order because I would just read them. But we'll talk through these teams, and it's tricky because it's not always just picking the best teams. You have to take into account the division that they play into. Some divisions are more winnable than others. Uh, and so we'll we'll walk through all that, but we're gonna go eight to one. We'll keep the suspense for who's number one. So, Mark, who is your number eight team? The team least likely to go worst to first in twenty twenty three. Yeah, we're gonna be <clears throat> we're gonna be the same here uh, on a lot on. I think the top and the bottom, the middle's where it's gonna get fun. But the bottom, 
I have Arizona at, at number eight, and there's no real close seven to me, to be honest. And that's saying a lot because I'm not very high on the team. I have seventh either. Um, but Arizona, it's a, a mix of a lot of things. Obviously, Kyler's injury takes away, you know, any ability for him to raise the floor of that team, uh, which he's done each year in in the NFL so far. Um, and then on top of that, you just hired the village idiot of the NFL and Jonathan Gannon and the way that he's acting. Uh, you have to you have to take that into consideration. But the roster's terrible. I mean, this is a bad roster with one of the worst QB situations in football with probably the guy that I'd hire last among the head coaches to be my head coach of a football team in Jonathan Gannon. Um, and then on top of that, you're also in a division with San Francisco who's one of the four to five top Super Bowl favorites and Seattle, who for me personally, since these rankings are based on what I think is going to happen, I think Seattle's the second best team in the NFC. I actually think they're better than San Fran. So I have the second and third best team in the NFC being Seattle and San Fran. So it's just going to, it's not like you can go nine and eight and in some capacity win this division. Like we're going to talk about with some other divisions. It's just not possible because I don't see any scenario that both, San Fran and Seattle disappoint. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I have the Cardinals number eight. They are plus 2,500 right now to win the division. Uh, So Vegas also thinks it's extremely unlikely. They have, they do have, uh, or excuse me, they've got the 22nd easiest strength of schedule. So they even have, they even have an above average schedule in terms of difficulty. Um, And they were awful last year. They were 30th. On an offensive DVOA, they were 24th in defensive DVOA, and they're not going to have Kyler Murray. Like he's likely to miss the first month or two of the season, and when he comes back, who's he going to be throwing to? DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Well, who's he going to throw the football to? Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch. It's just not going to be a good offense. You hired a defensive-minded head coach, which I general well, I I think is always a mistake unless the defensive coach is D'Amico Ryan's. Um, the the defense is really thin. Uh, that it's just not a good roster. Uh, the Cardinals have not won the division since 2015, and I don't think that's likely to change uh, in 2023. I don't think it's likely to change in 2024. I think they're in for a a bit of a rough time and. Even in the draft, they traded back to accumulate more picks, which signaled that they don't view themselves as contenders either, and rightly so, they're not. They share a division, like you said, with the 49ers and the Seahawks, who are two top teams in the NFC. Uh, I would be shocked if the Cardinals even finished second in the division, much less first. Yeah, uh, I, it would absolutely be shocking if they if they didn't finish fourth to me, to be honest. And that's saying a lot because I think the Rams are bad. I think the Rams are going to win four maybe five games maybe even three games Arizona's going to win one to two games like I think there's a legitimate chance Jonathan Gannon's a one and done yeah which would be kind of funny considering they lost draft capitable for tampering to get him Uh, and then if you bring in a defensive-minded head coach to a terrible defense and he doesn't have a quarterback for half the season and then gets fired that would just be a colossal blunder uh, by a Cardinals front office that let's be honest has made a lot of colossal blunders. So uh, Cardinals fans, sorry. Uh, hopefully your team goes out and improves us wrong. But let's move on to number seven uh, in the number seven slot. I have the Washington commanders. 
They are plus 1,100 to win the division. Uh, They have the 24th easiest strength of schedule. So again, not the easiest schedule here for them to play. They're they're playing an above-average difficulty schedule. And they were a 28th in offensive DVOA last season. Now, they were a 9th in defensive DVOA. Their defense was pretty good last year. Uh, Unfortunately, and I'll mention this a few times, defensive performance isn't nearly as sticky as offensive performance. Uh, And so I would expect their defense to come down to earth a little bit. Now, they did invest a lot of capital in the secondary with selections of Emmanuel Forbes and Jatavis Martin. Uh, Forbes is a guy that you were really high on. I, I, I liked Forbes. I didn't like taking him over Christian Gonzalez. But they invested a lot in their secondary, uh, which was the weak point of their defense. So, in theory, their defense could be even better. Uh, they've got two. They've got a duo of top-flight receivers in Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. It's just who's throwing the football to them. They don't have a quarterback for sure. Um, I, Jacoby Brissett played fairly well last year in Cleveland, and maybe he becomes a starter over Sam Howell. I don't know what direction they're going to go, but I don't have a lot of confidence in their head coach, and they're coming off of a tough, tough division. I mean, the Eagles are coming off a 14-win season. The Cowboys are coming off of a 12-win season. And so even though I do think the Commanders could be better this year, I don't see any shot for them to win the NFC East. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. And there's a lot to like with the commanders and like you laid out. Like at running back, you've got two guys. I mean, and Gibson and Robinson that you could theoretically, you know, talk yourself into. You've got a, a top flight receiver in Terry McLaurin, exciting young guy in Dotson, like you said. Um, some pieces on the offensive line. Uh, you obviously have Chase Young. Jerry's still out. It's a big prove it year for that. You have a loaded defensive line outside of that. You drafted Forbes, like you said. There's a lot to be excited about. The problem is you have the lowest ceiling head coach in the NFL in Ron Rivera, who I, I forget the exact stat, but he's coached for how many years? And he has he's got like two over 500 seasons. I, I believe it's like two out of 11 or something like that. Um, and I know he hasn't had a winning season in Washington yet. Um, even though he did make the playoffs. Uh, So, yeah, I I just think Ron Rivera, he probably gives you a floor higher than you should have when you stink. Like, he's probably going to make sure Washington wins five or six games, but uh, he's he absolutely caps you at, like, eight or nine wins, it feels like, unless you have MVP Cam Newton um, in his prime. It feels like you're going to be an eight and nine type team. Um, and then you have Sam Howell, who's proven absolutely nothing at quarterback, like you laid out. Um, but I wanted to make sure we touched on Ron Rivera because I cannot believe they didn't fire him after last year. In in his 12 years as a head coach, he has three seasons with a winning record. Yeah. Three. He won 11 games, 12 games, and 15 games. Every other season, uh, except 2019 when he got fired midseason, he has won either six, seven, or eight games. Every yeah. season of his career, he's won six, seven, eight, gotten fired, or been a double-digit team. Like, there's not much in between. Yeah, and I think those double-digit teams, those were really good teams. I mean, yeah. those were really good Carolina teams. So, um, uh, yeah, I think he raises your floor. I think he absolutely limits your ceiling. So, um, I, I'm super low on Washington because two most position, two most important positions in the sport, quarterback and head coach. I think they're bottom three in both. Yeah, maybe bottom. That's, that, that's probably not fair for head coach for Rivera. We just did it last week. Oh yeah, that's him, true. 
I think I had him like 25th or 26th, but the, the people behind him have a higher ceiling, I guess, than him, even if I don't think they're, they're as competent. I, I don't know. It's tough to rank that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So we agree on seven and eight. This is where we're going to start to disagree. Tell me who your number six team is. So my number six team is kind of a, kind of a gambling darling. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of people are really, really high on this team, making a run at winning the division, uh, taking their, you know, their props to win the AFC. Um, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about how much they love their roster. And I, I guess I understand some of it, but you take a look at that division and I don't understand how the Cleveland Browns are, are being this darling, um, out there with how bad Deshaun Watson looked last year. Um, and how unimpressive Cleveland was throughout the entire season. Um, I, I just, I think that division is going to have three playoff teams and I don't think any of them are going to be Cleveland. So that's what it comes down to for me. I think Cincinnati is one of the four best teams in football. Um, pretty unequivocally for me. And I honestly pretty unequivocally third. Like I think they're the third best team after Philly and Kansas city. Um, and then after that, you have Pittsburgh, who I've made my thoughts clear on. They're eight and two last year with Watt. They're 36, 14, and one over the last four years when Watt plays. If Watt's healthy, they're going to be a playoff team, in my opinion. And then Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson's healthy, they're going to be like on pace to win 12 games when he plays because that's what Lamar Jackson does. So as long as TJ Watt and Lamar Jackson are healthy, Cleveland doesn't have a hope to finish in the top three in this division to me. That's how high I am on the other teams. I mean, Cincinnati, you can write them in pen into the playoffs. I truly think Joe Burrow is going to be one of those Brady, Peyton, McNabb even. McNabb's not not as long of an era to point to. But guys where you can just assume they're going to be in the playoffs because they're just going to win 11 games. You can write it in pen. They will be there. You can wait until the end of the season. Um, Aaron Rodgers was that for a long time as well. So uh, I just – it has less to do with Cleveland than it does with the division. I think I'm higher on this division than most because of how high I am on Lamar and how high I am on Pittsburgh. Yeah. The, so the Browns are plus 425 to win their division. Now you have them at sixth. I actually have them at fourth. So I have them higher up the list, but I think it has less to do with me being higher on their chances and more to do with me being lower on the chances of the other two that we're going to talk about here in a moment, but they're dead middle of the pack, 16th in strength of schedule. Uh, here's a fun one. Do you know when the last time the Browns won the division was, Mark? I, I do not. 1989. Wow. They literally have not won the division in my lifetime, which was mind-blowing. Everybody else is like 2019, 2016. 1989, the Browns last won their division. Uh, now, last year, they were eighth in offensive DVOA, which is pretty impressive considering their quarterback that they traded their whole future for and sold their souls for didn't play most of the season. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was pretty good last year. Uh, their defense was not. It was 23rd in DVOA. Now, they added Zadarius Smith as a pass rusher. Uh, they got Jim Schwartz in the building as their defensive coordinator. And they got Dalvin Tomlinson to help out the interior defensive line. And we know more than most as Eagles guys, uh, how Jim Schwartz wants his defense to play. He wants to rush four. He wants to be plus one in the box, all those sorts of things. On offense, they added Elijah Moore for pennies from the Jets. It was a great move, I thought. 
to go along with Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got a decent uh, receiving core. Uh, still awful, awful move for the Cowboys having traded Amari Cooper for next to nothing. Uh, it ultimately comes down to two things. The division, which you talked about, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, all are looking to make playoff runs. Uh, you know, the Steelers, the Mitchell Trubisky in year two and how good they were after the bye, how good that offense was clicking after the bye. You've got the Ravens and you've got Lamar back and you've got Lamar paid and you brought in Odell Beckham Jr. and you went and drafted a receiver. And so for the first time, the Ravens maybe have some offensive weapons and the Bengals are the Bengals like you talked about. So they're fighting uphill in their division. And then the fact of the matter is Deshaun Watson was awful last year. He ranked 38th among quarterbacks in EPA per play. Jacoby Brissett was 12th. Like for this team to have any hope to make the playoffs, they need him to get back to peak Pro Bowl form like he was back in Houston. And barring that happening, the Browns don't have a shot to go worse to first. Now they might sneak in with a wild card or something, but Deshaun Watson needs to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL this season. And I, you didn't see it last year. And so a lot, it all hangs on him. The entire future of that organization hangs on him getting back to his all pro form. And, and I'm not, I'm not sold on that, but I do have them number four on my list. Yeah. I, I I'm not sold on Watson. I'm not sold on the roster, but to me it has, it has most to do with the division for sure. I don't think you're as high on Pittsburgh as on Pittsburgh as I am, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I may not be quite as high on him. I, I am pretty hopeful for Pittsburgh, though. I really liked what I saw out of Pickett uh, down the stretch last year. I wish they would have gotten rid of Matt Canada. Maybe I can't fault them since they did click so well after the bye. You uh, have loved their draft the last two years. I, I will. Yes. So that that's a big, yeah. Yeah, they've drafted a lot of my guys over the last couple seasons. George Pickens, first and foremost. I was I loved George Pickens, and he, he played really well last year, and you know, I thought they, I thought they killed the draft again this year. I think that they, they were one of the two A pluses I gave out this year. I don't remember what I gave them last year, but I think yeah, they're definitely trending in the right direction. My like unequivocal three biggest winners from the draft were uh, Pittsburgh, um, Indianapolis. I loved what they did in terms of getting Richardson without having to move. They went out and got um, Josh Downs as well, and they did a lot more. Um, and then the Eagles, obviously, um, for Georgia reasons, but. Um, I, I thought that those three clearly won the draft. And I think I ranked Pittsburgh first at the time because I, I, Joey Porter Jr. was my CB1. And I had him, I think, ninth overall on my mm -hmm. big board. So I was maybe even eighth overall. So I was super, super high on Porter. Um, and for them to get him in the second round after getting Broderick Jones, who I think I had like right behind Porter. Like I had him as my offensive tackle three, probably like 12, um, 12 overall. So um, them getting like two of my top 12 guys and, and then also adding a couple other guys later. I think George Pickens is primed to take a step this year. Deontay Johnson last year had like the worst touchdown luck in the history of football in terms of like per target. He like had all these targets and had all this success and just didn't score touchdowns. Um, even though he was like him and Devontae Smith are always near the top in terms of separation per air yard. Um, so I, they just have a lot to like in Pittsburgh. I don't know how this turned into, I feel like Pittsburgh's my team this year in terms of like, I'm going to have a lot invested in them from a, uh, a gambling perspective in terms of their win total, in terms of their props to make the playoffs. So I'm just going to end up like bringing up stats and things I like about Pittsburgh, like every week. That's like my new bit this year. <laughs> All right. 
good to good to know what those are ahead of time. We got Allison chiming in on YouTube says great content. Thanks for joining the chat. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Let's move on to number sixes. Uh, all or oh no no Cleveland was your six. They're my four. My number six I'll talk about is the Denver Broncos. Uh, they came in at number five for you. Uh, they are plus five fifty to win their division have the 23rd easiest strength of schedule so above average strength of ske- or above average difficulty schedule. Uh, they have not won the division since 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, I was gonna say with Peyton Manning but it's more accurate to say they won the Super Bowl in spite of Peyton Manning in 2015 they did it for him. They did it for him <laughs> there you go win one for the Gipper. Um, Last year, they were 29th in offensive DVOA with the train wreck that that was their head coach. Why am I totally blanking on his name? Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett, Yeah, Yeah, Very forgettable head coach. Uh, And Russell Wilson. Uh, They were 10th in defensive DVOA with uh, Gino Evero as their defensive coordinator. Obviously, he's gone now. So you look at the Broncos, they've got a new head coach, new defensive play caller. Now, the new coach is Sean Payton and you and I are both very high on Sean Payton. I think uh, I can't even remember now. I had him, I think number two or three on my list of coaches. I think we both had him too. Yeah. So he, he's what we're, we highly. Oh, no, regard. no, no. We both had him three. We both had him three. Okay. Yeah. We both have high regard uh, for Sean Payton. If anybody can bring Russell Wilson back from the brink, it is Payton. And they've got weapons. They have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Marvin Mims, the rookie they drafted. Uh, Sean Payton. Got to love him. Already compared Greg Dulcich to Taysom Hill. So they've got their Taysom Hill. That, that, that's got to be what did it for Sean Payton. He was sitting in a broadcasting booth watching Broncos games, and he was like, you know what? That Dulcich guy, I see some Taysom Hill in him. I'm coming out of retirement. Let's go. <laughs> uh, they got running back. They got Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. So like, they have the weapons on offense if they can get Russell Wilson back. It all comes down to him. And he was 31st in EPA per play last year. So if anybody can resurrect him, it is Sean Payton. Just unfortunately, the Chiefs are still in their division. And as long as the Chiefs are in your division, I don't think it's possible for you to win the division, Patrick's Mahomes injury aside. So uh, I think the Broncos have a chance to be a lot better this year and maybe even get second in their division, but they're not going to pass the Chiefs. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you touched on pretty much everything there. Um, I will say there's always a team that I kind of spend the whole offseason talking myself in on. Right now, that's the Broncos. I'm sort of talking myself in slowly. I'm a huge Sean Payton guy, um, as you said. So I've already kind of accepted, like, there's no way this team wins less than eight games. Like, feels like that's a floor to me, like seven, eight wins, just because of how good Payton is and – they won a good amount of games last year with the worst situation ever. Um, so I think, you know, it just comes down to what Russell Wilson is. And that's really what it's going to be. And I think Sean Payton can only do so much. Um, the only thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll, I'll use this time to, to prop up my, I always have probably like one to three, my guys um, in fantasy football every year. Um, and obviously I have that in the NFL draft as well. My number one guy across all positions this year in fantasy football in terms of his value is Jerry Judy. I'm all in on Jerry Judy. I want all the Jerry Judy stock. 
Last year, he had 67 catches for 972 yards and six touchdowns, 14 and a half um, yards per catch, a lot of air yards per catch. And that was only in 14 games. So he missed three games and he still came close to a thousand yards um, on not that many targets. So I think he's going to be used more heavily. I, I don't see any way he's worse this year. Um, it, Russell Wilson, we're assuming will be better. The offense we're assuming will be more efficient. Um, so I'm really, really high on Jerry Judy. I don't think people, I feel like Judy gets talked about a little bit like a bust almost. Um, and I get, because his first two years were disappointing, especially from like a statistics standpoint. Um, but I, I feel like people don't realize how good Judy was last year because of how much of a, of how much of a train wreck Denver was offensively outside of him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair at all to call, to consider him a bust. Like you look at his rookie season, he had 856 yards and who was, who was Denver's quarterback in 2020? Simeon? It was Drew, Drew Locke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Drew Locke started 13 games for them. Drew Locke's a joke of a quarterback. And then, I mean, obviously last year was a bad or two, excuse me, two years ago was a bad year. He only had 467 yards. He only started five games. He played in 10. Uh, so he wasn't starting, but it, that was Teddy Bridgewater. That was the Drew Locke again. I think that was the year that I think that was the year they had a quarter, like a receiver quarterback one game. Cause all the yeah, quarterbacks yeah. were hurt. And so, I mean, like I think Something Judy's hidden. a, yeah, I think Judy's a good player, and you haven't gotten the production out of him that you wanted, but he, he hasn't had quarterbacks ever, and I don't know that that changes this year, but he at least has an offensive guy, a mastermind of a head coach, and so I think Judy should easily top 1,000 yards this year and kind of get back on track. He had 67, 972, and six touchdowns last year in 14 games. I'm going to go out on a limb and say if he plays 17 games – this is a guy who I think has like 80 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight touchdowns. Maybe even better than that. But I, that's truly what my projection is going to be for him this year. I, I am all in on Judy. Um, another guy who I'm actually really in on, speaking of fantasy, is Samaj P. Ryan. They, they gave legitimate money to Samaj P. Ryan. Like it wasn't like a, a throwaway one year deal. Like I'm pretty sure it's like two or three years that they gave to P. Ryan. Um, and Sean Payton has talked him up big time, which has driven the Javante Williams fantasy stock into the toilet. Um, but I actually have always kind of liked P Ryan. Like I, I think he's a pretty confident running back and Sean Payton's talking him up big time. He's the guy that like Sean Payton inherited Javante Williams. He signed, he chose Samaj P Ryan. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of feel like, I don't know what I'm even talking about at this point, but I think P Ryan is going to end up being like the lead back there. And he's going to be the guy who gets a lot of rece receptions and he's going to be the guy who's there for blocking. Like I have a feeling P Ryan could have a, a surprisingly big year for Denver. Since you're talking about Samaj P Ryan, I am contractually obligated to mention that he attended the university of Oklahoma. So, uh, wow, he did. Uh, so did his brother go to Florida? Am I wrong about that? Uh, I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I don't know. So I, because I assumed he went to Florida. I had him as a Florida Gator in my head, not an Oklahoma Sooner. All right, yeah, there, there you go. I'm yeah, high on P Ryan. He as a true fresh. I remember as a true freshman, he set the single single game rushing yards record against Kansas. He rushed for like 425 yards or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't remember that. 
I don't remember who it was, but like somebody set that record the week before, like they had broken the record. <laughs> and then the next week, Samaj P. Ryan broke the record, which I mean, Kansas is terrible, but yeah, I was not like more. Yeah, not anymore. I would P. Ryan got drafted by the uh, commanders initially, didn't he? I think, I think so. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I always remember thinking that like he was slow, which that yeah. was kind of a thing at OU. He was always slow, but I thought he would be like a good downhill back and it just never really materialized until i feel like a year or two ago in in cincinnati is when he finally started to take off yeah they like him they liked him in cincinnati they they used him and yeah people used to get frustrated because they would use him instead of mixing in certain situations but yeah i think he's primed for for a big year there um denver the, the weird thing about denver and this is what's holding me back from going in on denver and it's funny that we're spending so much time on Denver here, but the thing that's holding me back from going in on them, you go look at the defensive depth chart and you're not wowed. Like mm-hmm. I'm not impressed. I'm not walking away like, Oh wow. This is uh this is really impressive. I think I'm walking away more than anything. And we talked about this last week, I believe, but I'm walking away more than anything being like, Oh wow. Is Evero is an amazing uh, defensive coordinator and he did an incredible job last year because the Broncos were really good on defense last year mm-hmm. and I don't think their their depth chart was nearly as good as I thought it was and then you go and look at it they obviously have some big pieces like a Patrick Sertain and some other guys like that um, but yeah it's not deep like you're not ele- you don't have 11 good starters by any means like you have some big holes on that defense um, you got Vance Joseph I've never really been a big Vance Joseph guy um, he's their defensive coordinator, which is funny because the the two final defensive coordinator candidates for Denver were two former head coaches for Denver. It was Vince <laughs> Joseph and Vic Fangio. I thought that uh-huh. was incredibly fascinating. It's like they only know a certain <laughs> amount of coaches. Like they're like, oh, we used to have him. Like uh, uh, it's very very strange. Like can't imagine that's like normal for Vance. The Joseph Rolodex like, is broken. Yeah, but if you're Vance Joseph, that's got to feel so weird. Like oh, I used to. I used to sit in that chair. Like I yeah. used to sit in that I used to run this chair. place. Not very well, but I used to run it. Yeah, for a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I just it's very strange. But I'm the reason I can't get in is because that defense just it does not impress me enough to get in on them. Yeah, and losing Evero too. Like if he was still there, but none of it would matter because I can't put him over the Chiefs anyways. So just more reason I, to be high on the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Okay, so I have Denver six, you had them five. Let's talk my five, which is your number four, and then we sync back up for the top three. It's the Houston Texans. Uh, The Texans are plus 700 to win their division. They have the seventh easiest strength of schedule, so easy schedule for them. Uh, They have not won their division since 2019. In 2022, they were 31st in offensive DVOA and 22nd in defensive DVOA. So, The thing with the Texans is when you trade your first round pick for next year, you better be expecting to make the playoffs. Like, I don't think that they're a good football team, but I think their division is going to be really bad. I think the Titans are going to be a train wreck this year. I think they're going to be very bad. I think the Colts are going to be bad. Now, I loved what they did in the draft, and you did too. I think Anthony Richardson's he was my QB one. I think he's a little raw. I don't think he's as raw as people make him out to be, uh, but unless he just comes in and lights it up without a ton of help, cause it's not the best roster. The Colts aren't going to be very good 
things are trending up though Colts fans don't get upset uh so it's possible that the Jags stumble maybe Trevor Lawrence misses a month with an injury maybe they're just not in sync you know for part of the season whatever and if that happens, the Texans could win this division. They have a franchise cornerstone on each side and Will Anderson and CJ Stroud. Uh, they have Damian Pierce and they went and got Dalton Schultz. They have some options on offense. Uh, John Mechie's coming back. He's expected to play this season after I think it was, was it leukemia last year? I can't remember. He, it was some form of yeah. cancer yes. and he missed his whole rookie season, but he's expected to play this season but their receivers are still really bad. I mean, Brandon Cooks is gone. It's Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Tank Dell, John Mechie. This is not an inspiring group. So, But C.J. Stroud requested Tank Dell personally. He, he made true. that pick. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, C.J. Stroud is going to be playing for a worse team this year than he played for, for last <laughs> year. This is going to be the worst team C.J. Stroud has ever played for. And the roster has a lot of holes. I trust D'Amico Ryans to get the defense going, but I'm not sold on the offense. So I think it's possible that they could win their division if the Jags struggle, but I still don't think it's super likely for the Texans. Uh, so it all comes down to division for me mostly. Um, I, I, think the I think the Titans are going to stink. Um, I think that the Colts are probably going to be bad, even though I'll say Anthony Richards is a project. Uh, probably, I kind of agree with you, maybe not as much as people think, um, but I could see him having a similar year to Fields um, in terms of Fields year two being Richardson's year one. Um, I, I could see that kind of being how that plays out where he makes a lot of exciting plays and there's a lot of things to be excited about, but he's not necessarily um, translating to wins right away. So I think the Colts and Titans will be bad. I think the Texans are going to finish in second in this division. Um, and the Jags are more vulnerable than a team like the Bengals or a team like the, I'm trying to think of a, another division, the 49ers. Like, I, I think that there's more ways that the Jags kind of house of cards could fall. Um, if you have a couple injuries here or there, obviously a Trevor Lawrence injury, and I'm picking the Texans to win the division if that's the case. So, um, but here, if we're remo removing logic and we're removing, you know, uh, which is not something we try to do often on this podcast. Yeah. Remove yeah. logic, but we'll go with it. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching a scenario because like you said, it doesn't sound likely for a team to go to worst to first. I don't think there's ever a time or maybe like last year with Jacksonville. wasn't that shocking. So it's a bad time for me to say this, but most of the time you look back on the worst to first thing and you're like, Oh, I wouldn't have picked that. Like, there's no way I would have picked that. Just think like the stories, like think about like watching ESPN NFL live and it's like week 16 and the Texans are like nine and seven and D'Amico Ryans is getting all the profiles done about what an amazing job he did. And Houston finally bought in and actually invested in a head coach that they believe in. And they went and got their quarterback and he looks like their quarterback of the future and Will Anderson's doing all this stuff. Derek Stingley playing a lot better after last year. Jalen Petrie's like a really, really good player. Um, there, I feel like I could close my eyes and envision a world where the Texans are the surprise of the NFL this year. Like I, I think going and getting two of the top five players from the draft this year 
I think that's one way to infuse a lot of talent right into your roster. And you go and get a coach in D'Amico Ryans, where I don't think I'm as sold on D'Amico as you are as a coach. But what I'll say is going from Lovey Smith to D'Amico Ryans is a pretty massive jump, in my opinion. And I'm not even that high on Ryans yet. So um, I, I think there's a lot to be said. And I feel it feels like I'd love to go through those worst to firsts and figure out how many are a rookie head coach. I feel like that that is how it usually plays out. It's like mm-hmm. the young hotshot rookie head coach who becomes a sensation, you know, and everyone wants to find the new blank. And that could that could be D'Amico Ryan's 100%. I could definitely envision that. But even taking it out of that, the guys I just mentioned, they have three blue chip guys on defense in mm-hmm. Will Anderson, Derek Stingley, and Jalen Petrie. Derek Stingley was bad last year, but – He's still Derek Stingley. Like I think you're still expecting him to to be a really good player. He was a as blue chip a prospect as blue chip gets in terms of uh, he went obviously third. You go fourth, third. I think third. it was fourth. Was it third? I think he went third to Houston. Yeah, because he went above Sauce. I think. Um. Oh yeah, that is right. That's right. Yeah, I think he went above Sauce. So he went third. His freshman year was historic at LSU. Um, he was a huge high school prospect. Like Stingley, I'd be surprised if he doesn't bounce back. Yeah, Stingley went three, Sauce went four. Yeah. That is a pick the Texans would like to have back. Yeah. And I I not to toot my to my own horn, but I killed him in in, uh, in live time during the draft for that. <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't ready for that. I got that loaded in here. It's ready to go all season long. Yeah. Uh, Let's be honest. The Jags also really regret taking Trevon Walker and the Lions really regret taking Aiden Hutchinson over Sauce Gardner too. Okay. Let's roll on to number three. Oh, you're muted there. What were you saying? I can't hear you. Hold on. Is this on my end? No, I don't think so. You're not muted now, but I don't hear you when you're talking. We're good. We're good now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My- Sorry. What were you? So what were you saying? At least Hutchinson had some moments. Like Walker stunk and Stingley stunk, but at least Hutchinson had some moments. But yeah, Sauce. I mean, he's on another planet. Like yeah, yeah. It's, he's the best rookie we've seen in my lifetime. That's probably fair. He's like the best player at his position. And it feels like there's not even yeah. like an argument about it. I yeah. can't remember that in my life. Like I was Miller. trying to. Yeah. I was trying to think back like RG three's rookie year was incredible. Yeah. But I mean, he wasn't like the best quarterback in the league, but yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to think through. But yeah, he was incredible last season. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that's true. I we guess don't like to talk about him, though. Yeah, I guess. By the way, <laughs> random take here. Um, and I, yeah, uh, random take. I guess this could, this could transfer to our number three conversation. Nice little segue, um, because I want to talk about the NFC North, and we both have a team in the NFC North third. Justin Jefferson might end up being the best wide receiver of all time. Like statistically, like he's kind of on pace to do that. I didn't yeah, really imagine, realize it until I was. Imagine if he ever gets to play with a good quarterback. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's shocking how good. I mean, it's just shocking. He's going to end up being the greatest receiver of all time. All right. Well, let's get into it. At number three, we both have the Chicago Bears, who are plus 400 to win the NFC North. They have the sixth easiest schedule this season. I have not won the division since 2018. Last season, they were 25th in offensive DVOA, 32nd in defensive DVOA. Now, they've made a lot of moves. They added DJ Moore to the fold on offense. Uh, they also added rookie Tyler Scott, uh, which gives them a, it's a respectable receiving core with DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown, and Tyler Scott. They got Darnell Wright, who we both had a first-round grade on. Now, he obviously fell really far, but they got him to help on the offensive line. Uh, the defense added TJ Edwards in the middle of the defense. And while he's not like, you know, a flashy player, he's a really reliable linebacker over the middle of the field. They've got a lot of young pieces and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker that could look to take the next step. The biggest thing for me, though, is that their division just isn't good. The Vikings were the flukiest 13 win team I've ever seen. Uh, the Packers lost Aaron Rodgers. The Lions came on strong at the end of the season, but. You know, it remains to be seen if they can sustain that over an entire season. And Justin Fields is just complete magic. I was, I, I made a video uh, the last week that I put out talking about like a bunch of the different analytics terms and things and what they mean and like how they're calculated and where you can find them or whatever. And I, I was talking about wins, wins above replacement and how that's calculated. And I pulled up the, rushing wins above replacement and Justin Fields led the NFL and wins above replacement as a runner last season. And I did not expect to see a, a quarterback up there that high. And it was like, his was like 1.7. And I think second place was like under one, like it was huge. So he's ridiculous. Uh, if he can add any element of passing to his game and hopefully DJ Moore uh, enables that hopefully Darnell Wright helps with the protection the Bears could be a really good football team this year. They played a lot of teams tough last year, including the Eagles. And just as we talked about last week, just seemed to came up small in the fourth quarter. And maybe it's by design, conspiracy theory. Matt Everflus was a genius tanking to the number one pick. Uh, but I think the Bears have a legitimate shot to win that division. Yeah, it all, it all comes down to the coaching for me, actually. Like, it comes down to what you can scheme up for fields. And it comes down to... Was Matt Everflus a super genius last year in an ambitious tanking effort to look good every week while losing a close game in the fourth quarter? Or does Matt Everflus, as I like to say on the Tough Cover Radio Show, have donkey brains? He, he might just have he might have donkey brains. He might be a bad coach. And Luke Getze, it's hard. So the the optimistic side of me would like to say Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, figured out how to make Justin Fields work. And he figured out, oh, this is how you use his weapons uh, in terms of his legs. But if you go back and watch like the first four to six games and see how they were scheming up Justin Fields, it's like that man should probably never work in football again. So the <laughs> fact that he like figured it out, like, that's fine and all, but man, you, you shouldn't even have gotten a chance to figure it out because it was so bad early on. Um, yeah, I have Chicago coming in third. I have them going seven and ten, um, but I'm not that high on Minnesota or Detroit. That's why they're up this high. I'm not very high on this division as a whole. 
Um, I think each team has like at least a 15% chance to win the division. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a crap shoot. I could see this division being won by a, a team with 10 wins. All right. So that is the bears. Let's talk our number two team, which we're going to the NFC South and technically the last place team in the division was the Falcons. Now three teams ended with the same record, but the Falcons won the tiebreaker to be the worst. And, uh, so that's who we're going to talk about here. They are plus two fifty to win their division. Have not won the division since 2016. Last season, what what do you think their offensive DVOA ranking was last season, Mark? It had to be 30th or worse. 13th. They were oh, 13th. Oh. Yeah, I, I was thinking of I was thinking of Carolina. Oh, I had yeah, Sam no. Darnold in my head uh, because okay. I was about. I had a question for you that I was going to tee up and ask if Carolina would be ranked first on this list. But yeah, we're talking. We're talking about Atlanta because I real I, I totally forgot they came in last last year because there was three of them like you said, but mm-hmm. that makes sense because DVOA ranks running as like it, it definitely weights towards running. Well, not necessarily, but it's just like it's value over average, and so their their rushing attack was very was very good last year. But I was surprised that they were able to get all the way to thirteenth total offense. Um, that is surprising, and of course they were thirtieth in defensive DVOA, but. They made a lot of moves on the defense. They signed Calais Campbell, uh, Jesse Bates, David Onyemata, Bud Dupree, and Caden Ellis. So they bolstered their defense a lot. Uh, now, you and I didn't agree with it, but they selected Bijan Robinson to pair with Tyler Algier, who rushed for 1,000 yards last year as a rookie. So they've got a two-headed rushing attack, and they've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and they got Desmond Ritter, who started four games last year. In those four games, he completed 53.5% of his passes for 708 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions while taking nine sacks. It was not awe-inspiring. He should have been the starter earlier in the year, so they would have known, and they could have made a move for a quarterback this offseason if he wasn't the guy, which they might should have done anyway. Uh, At the end of the day, though, the Falcons are in a bad division. The Bucs are falling apart. They sold their soul for a Tom Brady Super Bowl. Uh, the Panthers, who are my real pick to win the division, I think they're going to win the division, but technically they didn't finish last. Uh, they have a rookie quarterback and a new coaching staff, which I think is a loaded coaching staff, by the way. Frank Reich, Giro Evero, uh, even some of their assistants. Uh, the Saints have Derek Carr. So I mean, it's not a good division. If if I was assigning like percentages to win the division, I would say – I would give the Panthers like a 65% chance to win the division. And then I would probably go like Falcons 20, uh, Saints like 14 and Bucks 1%. That's kind of how I would weigh it out. But uh, so the Panthers are my real pick to win the division, but the Falcons, they're up there uh, and it's just an easy division. So I think they've got a pretty good shot. How about this for a hot take? I think the Bucks have like equal chance as the falcons do wow i don't think the bucks are that bad like their roster's still pretty good like baker who's their quarterback who's atlanta's i think baker's better than ritter i think i'd rather have baker than ritter yeah but maybe maybe i'm overrating what baker did at the end of the year but he looked good in la Baker. but look at the look at the coaches yeah the the falcons have a Arthur Smith is a very he's made he's and made li- yeah, something like out Smith. of nothing all season and Todd Bowles is 
atrocious. I I have no faith in in the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to be really bad this year. I don't. I guess what I should say that maybe they don't have an equal chance to win the division Atlanta. I don't think they're going to be really bad. Like I think the Bucks are going to win like six or seven games. Like I think they'll be average um and, and kind of stay afloat. Um but I was going to ask you where would you rank the Saints if the Saints would have come in last technically? Where would you have ranked them on this list? Um I probably would have dropped them below the Bears. Cuz I think I would have kept them at 2. Yeah, I probably would have had them at 3. If it was the Saints, I would have had them at 3. If it was the Panthers, I would have had them at 1. If it was the Bucks, I might have had them at 3, honestly. That's how bad that division is in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I could have dropped yeah, I don't think I could have dropped. No matter who we were talking about, I don't know if I could have dropped him lower than third. Yeah, and the Panthers would be one because I have them winning that division like mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Okay, well, that takes us to the AFC East where the New York Jets finished last last year. Uh, we both have them as the most likely team to go worst to first. They are plus 280 to win the division. They do have a really difficult schedule. They rank 26th in terms of the easiness of their schedule. Uh, They have not won the, well, my notes, I put they haven't won the division since 2022, but that's not correct. I am assuming that was probably 2012, but I'll double check that here in a moment while Mark (laughs) talks. Um, They were fifth in defensive DVOA last year, but 26th in offensive DVOA. They were 32nd in offensive success rate. Now, a lot of that comes from, Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, Chris Strebler, all starters last year. They get Aaron Rodgers now. And literally the worst season of Aaron Rodgers' career would be the best quarterback the Jets have had in a decade. Uh, they get Brees Hall back from injury. You would expect the offense to take a big leap forward. And we said last year they were like an average quarterback away from being a playoff team, like a, a legit, like, team threatening to make a playoff run as good as that defense was now defensive performance is not traditionally sticky year to year so it, we'll have to see if their defense can still be that good they were unable to address the offensive line the way that they wanted to in the draft and so there's things that didn't break their way this offseason but at the end of the day the most important thing is they got their quarterback they're getting Brees Hall back from injury like Jets fans should be really excited about this team because the offense is fixed if the defense can just like take a small step back this should be a really good football team. Now, unfortunately, they still have Buffalo in their division. They're going to have to contend with. Uh, but I think they've got a good shot to go toe-to-toe with the Bills and potentially win that division. And not to mention Miami, who I think Miami's going to oh. be right in the mix again this year as well. And also not to mention New England, who maybe won't be in the mix. I think they probably will. I think they'll, although I think New England won't ever win less than eight games, like which means they'll be around the mix. Um, but you don't get a bad team in that division. Like you're not new England's not going to be a free two wins. Like you don't have Arizona or, um, you know, whoever you want to say, Tennessee, Houston, whoever, whoever you want to say as a seller team, um, that could potentially win three or four games. So I have the jets one here and it's because I think the jets are so by far the best roster out of these eight teams that it's hard for me not to put them one. But Buffalo is so good that, man, it's going to be it's going to take a lot from Rodgers to win that division. But the team's really good. The Jets have a really good roster. They're loaded everywhere. 
like they had an injury and they immediately went and got Adrian Amos to replace Chuck Clark. Like it just feels like they're playing with monopoly money. I, I don't know how they're doing everything that they're doing, but they've brought in so many free agents this year. Lazard, um, a, a couple other pass catchers to help out Rogers. Um, they, they brought in Amos. Like I said, they brought in a couple guys on defense. I mean, the roster's really, really good. I have them in as a wild card. I don't have them winning the division, but I think you have to rank them first. Yeah. It, it is 2002, not 2022, was the last wow. time that they won the division. So it's wow. been a long time for the Jets. Not as long as it's been for the Browns, though, 1989. So wow. I, Brad Pennington never won, a, never won a division with the Jets. Yeah. That makes me sad. So here it is, our worst to first rankings. We are unanimous one through three with the Jets number one, the Falcons number two, the Bears number three. Uh, Then I go four, five, six. I go Cleveland, Houston, Denver. Mark goes Houston, Denver, Cleveland. And then at seven, we are unanimous on Washington and eight, unanimous on Arizona. Mark, I've got the odds listed out here uh, for each of these teams. I mentioned them earlier, but I'll say them again. I want you to tell me which of these teams you would – is the best bet to go bet to win their division. The Jets at plus 280, Falcons at plus 250, the Bears at plus 400, Houston at plus 700, Denver at plus 550, Cleveland at plus 425, Washington at plus 1100, or Arizona at plus 2500. Where would you put your money if you were betting on one of these teams to win their division? It's between Chicago or Houston for me. Um, If I was going to bet on the Jets to make the playoffs – um, I would just, I, I, I gave away that I buried the lead there. I would bet on them to make the playoffs because you can still get that at plus money. And I think there's a really good chance that they're in the wild card instead of the division. Um, so I'd rather bet like plus plus one twenty to make the playoffs instead of plus two eighty to make the, to win the division. Um, Atlanta, there's just not enough juice to squeeze there on plus two fifty. Like there's not a lot of value in that. In my opinion, seems like it's properly priced. Um, and then you get to Chicago, uh, it's going to just come down to how much you believe in the coaching, um, and, and how little you believe in Minnesota. Like, it seems like there are a group of people who think Minnesota is entering a full rebuild. I'm not of that mindset. Like, I think they'll still be pretty good. I think Brian Flores is going to help them out a lot on the defensive side of things. Um, so even if they have a little bit worse roster defensively, I think Flores will be a big, a big improvement there. Um, and it's O'Connell and in the second year, he should get better too. Um, so I, I, I'm going to say Houston, I'm going to say Houston plus 700 just because I'm so low on Indy and I'm so low on Tennessee as a roster. Um, at this point, you're just taking Houston and saying, well, maybe something goes wrong with Jacksonville or maybe, uh, last year was a fluke. Uh, maybe the defense is terrible. Who who knows? So, um, I, I think Houston would be, would be the one I'd look at. Yeah, Houston's exactly where my mind went as well. I was going to say Houston just because I feel like there's one team in the way for Houston and there's more teams in the way for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, All right. Well, that is going to about wrap it up. That is our worst to first rankings. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, uh, talking about some of the teams that were near the bottom of the NFL last year. So if one of those are your teams, uh, you can now say we've talked about them. Uh, quite a lot unless you're Cleveland and we spent the whole time talking about the Steelers instead, but uh, I've got a Steelers friend buddy. That's going to really <laughs> enjoy that. We spent so much time talking about them It'll be um, every week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week, every week this season, it's the year of the Steelers. Um, 
All right. Well, that is going to about wrap it up. Mark, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, anything you want to plug? The floor is yours. Um, I'll be doing um, streams on Trilbro Dude's playback. So go follow me at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Follow at Trilbro Dude on Twitter. Um, huge Sixers Twitter guy. Um, he does awesome, awesome stuff. And um, he really gets into the into this part of the NBA season, which is the off season with the trades and the draft, um, the draft being on Thursday. So he's going live every night between seven and nine um, until the draft this week on Thursday. So I'll be hopping on there as often as possible. We did two and a half hours today that he'll be putting on his Patreon. So go and check that out. He uh, he does great stuff. And then he lets me on sometimes. So uh, go, go and check that out. All right. Uh, uh, for me, you can go check out on my YouTube. Like I mentioned earlier, I put out that uh, video about the analytic terms, DVOA, which we referenced a lot on this podcast, EPA, success rate, relative athletic scores, completion percentage over expectation, pass block win rate, run stop win rate. Uh, yards after the catch over expectation, wins above replacement, adjusted games loss, all this stuff, made a video. It's 32 minutes long on YouTube. It's got chapters, so you can watch a little section at a time if you want to. I take each of those terms and explain what it means, how it's calculated, um, what you should use it, like what it means to you for your team. And then I walk through, like show you the websites where you can go find this stuff for free and you can look at it yourself. And also in the link uh, of that video, there is a link to a cheat sheet that direct links you to where you can find all that data and stuff for yourself. So go check that out. Uh, it is also the pinned tweet on my Twitter at Shane half NFL. So at Shane half NFL on both YouTube and Twitter. Uh, if you're watching this podcast online, do us a favor and go download it too on a podcasting platform. It helps us get the podcast out there. Uh, with all their algorithms and things. And so we really appreciate that. Uh, so, and, and then as always, if you guys have any topics that you want to hear us talk about throughout the off season, shoot, shoot us a DM on Twitter. Both our DMS are open. You can also DM the chalk talk underscore NFL account. Um, we're always looking for topics throughout the off season. So we'll be back next week. I think we're going to do potentially QB rankings, uh, or we might save that. But we're going to do another episode next week. So uh, be sure you check out the shorts that will go out on Twitter all throughout this week. So thank you guys for joining us for episode 112 of Chalk Talk. If you enjoy what you heard on the show, and we know that you do, be sure you smash that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. Drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. Mark is on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. We will catch you guys next time.